them. It's in Acts chapter 16 we find the Apostle Paul is connected with his protege Timothy and he's including him in his travel to the churches. As they travel town to town, they present guidelines to the Jerusalem churches or from the Jerusalem church to the the churches that they have birthed out of that apostolic revival and and the leaders have banded together and defined what apostolic churches look like and the doctrine and the teaching. And, and they begin to go from church to church. And the Bible says that day after day, the congregations became larger in faith and stronger in faith and larger in size. And isn't that just the way that God wants church to be? God intends, just, just remind ourselves for a quick moment this morning. God intends for the church to grow. And God intends for the church to become stronger. That's part of God's plan. God never intended for churches to shutter the doors. God never intended for churches to close down the windows and pull steeples off and turn them into condos. That's not what God ever intended. That's not my notes this morning. It's free. I just wanted to remind us that We celebrate getting together and we celebrate when we have people show up because that tells us the church is going in the right direction. We celebrate attendance. We talk about it. You count because uh, people, we count people because people count. You matter today. It tells us that the church is going in the right direction. We, we want the church to grow stronger in faith, and we want the church to grow larger in size because we have that apostolic framework that's given to us in Acts chapter 16. And then in Acts 16, the, the scripture goes on and uh, it, it gives us this, this, this portion of the story. It says, now when they had gone through Fergie and the region of Galatia, this is Paul and Timothy, it says they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Well, that sounds a little odd, doesn't it? That's different than normal, uh, that God was saying, oh, don't, don't preach the word. But, but how many know God has a divine plan? God has a divine purpose. God has a divine order. You know, God's will does matter. How God accomplishes things, when God uh, opens doors. How many have ever had God shut the door? How many have ever had God shut the door right on your hand? I have. (laughs) What? I was going through that door. I know. That's why I shut it. Sometimes God shuts those doors for us right when we're in them. I've had God shut the door, and and God shuts the door on Paul and Timothy. And and it says that when they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit suffered them not. Again, God said, no, not there, not now, not yet. That's not my plan. And so so we know that that we're given this, this... This example, because we are to to be led not by our spirit, not by our will, and not by our plan, but we are to be led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. God leads because God has a plan. And we get to walk in the fullness of that plan. We get to walk in the purpose of that plan when we're led by God's Spirit. And, and I just want someone to know that, that God is leading today. God is moving in our church. We, we had staff meeting on Tuesday. We showed up and we were talking through this coming week. And, and I, I just said, you know, I, have we, we haven't had missionaries for a while. Is there, is there any missions uh, needs that we know about? And, and pastor said, you know, it's funny that you mention it because I brought this need to talk to you all about this morning in staff meeting. So this is not a coincidence today. 
This is part of God's plan. And, and we wanted to talk about it for a few moments with all of you this morning because we believe that God opens doors and we believe that God shuts doors, but God still uses the church to accomplish his purpose. God's still at work using all of us this morning to accomplish his plan. And, and we know that Paul and Timothy, they were walking in the will of God. They had the mind of God, and God was just kind of directing them, but it, it seemed like every door they went to go through, God said, no, not yet. No, not yet. And, and, and then when they, when they moved, the, the scripture tells us that they, they went down to Troas, and, and they're kind of there at the, that coastal sea town, and, and, and they don't know what to do because God said, you can't go that way. You can't go that way. They've got the ocean here. They can't move them any, anywhere forward this way, and and they probably went to sleep just a little confused and a little disappointed and discouraged. But the Bible gives us this intelligence. It says that, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia. Say this with me, would you? And help us. There's times when we need a help. And then there's times that we are the help. There's times when we look to God because he's the only one that can help us. But can I remind us that there's times that God allows the pre plea to come across our ears because we are the ones that become the help that the world needs. And I'm so grateful this morning that God still uses our hands along with his hand. And God still uses our feet along with his feet. And God still even uses our bank accounts along with all the cattle on a thousand hills. God still does. God still uses that. And, and that man called to Paul and Timothy and said, come over into Macedonia and help us. And, and listen, the Bible said, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. I, I don't know if it was in the middle of the night. Must have been because it said immediately. The vision came at night and Paul responded immediately. I don't know if he kind of shook Timothy and said, Timothy, it's time to get up. I know where we're going. Timothy, get ready because God's got us on mission. God's got us on a plan. I, I know we didn't know where we were going to go. When we went to bed last night, we were confused. We were discouraged. We were distraught, but I got a word from God. God allowed us to see something. God opened a vision. God gave a plan. God's still working. Don't, don't, don't miss the moment, Timothy. It's time to get up and get ready because we're going Going to Macedonia. The Macedonian call still comes that in the middle of the night, the Spirit gave that apostle a vision. He was the man from Macedonia. You know, God could have, uh, could have just kind of called Paul himself, but Paul allowed him to see a vision of that man. I don't know what a Macedonian man looked like. I don't know what kind of dress he wore. I don't know what his shoes were like. I, you know, I got my shoes on this morning. Sister Woodward said, nice shoes. Thank you, Sister Woodward. I wear these shoes. They're not the, the, the most stylish shoes, but I told someone this week, I said, I wear these shoes because they were made here in Fredericton. Heart Shoe Factory shoes. My neighbor, my neighbor was a, a, a shoe salesman for Heart Factory. He called me over one day and he said, I got a bunch of shoes down there. Do you think they'll fit you? I said, well, I don't know. We'll try. Well, these are one of those pair of shoes. Thanks, Glenn. I don't know what Macedonian shoes looked like. I don't know if they were standard sandals. I, I don't know. I don't know what issue they were. I don't know who made them or who built them. I don't know what the shoe factory, if it was anything like heart shoes or not. But here's what I do know. Paul knew it was a man of Macedonia. And he knew that that Macedonian man was calling him to come. He was calling him to come. And it wasn't just a man that needed the help. Paul understood that the picture was bigger than one individual. 
Paul understood that the picture was more than one man. The man represented people. The man represented a nation. The man represented humanity. And Paul had what humanity needed. Paul had, he possessed it. That authority, that power, that spirit of God that rested on him was the one thing that the Macedonian man needed. I just remind us all this morning that what you've got is still what the world needs. Humanity needs what you've got. Apostolic woman of God. Apostolic man of God. Use what you've got to change the course of the world. Bring revival. Use what God has given us today. God wants to use us in a way that maybe we never have been used before. Paul didn't see it with his natural eye. It came in a supernatural vision. But God, give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, open our spiritual eyes like you did the servant to the prophet in the Old Testament. Let us see the man of Macedonia today. The Macedonian man stands in the homeland of King Philip of Macedon. We know it as Philippi. Philippi was where King Philip changed the name of that city to, to reference himself. He was the king of the time. We may not remember him so much, King Philip of Macedon, but I'm sure that most people would be reminded if I just said uh, his son's name. His son was Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was King Philip's son. His daughter was Cleopatra, some of the most powerful people of their time. And, and that nation that, that, they were, that Paul was called to and Timothy was called to was one of the most powerful nations of that time. Alexander the Great changed the course of history. He was his father's son. He was one of the greatest military generals that ever lived. He created a vast empire that stretched from Macedonia to Egypt, from Greece to part of India. He used his diplomatic abilities to cause the people that he brought under his surrender to come together. He, he had the ability to call them and, and, and deal with them and negotiate with them. And, and that was all because of that influence that his father had. They, they were great, powerful people. It was a powerful nation. It was a popular nation. It was, it was a, a nation that had everything that the people wanted. They had Greek culture and they had Greek civilization. But yet the call of the Macedonian still came to Paul. Everybody on the outside, when they looked, they would have said, well, why would Philippi ever want an old preacher? Why would Philippi ever want Paul to show up and, and preach the word? They've got it all going on over there, but can I remind us that culture can't satisfy the hunger in a soul. By human standards, they did have everything. They had powerful historians. The Greeks had Herodotus. They forged powerful governments. They produced, produced the most powerful orators. Their, their drama, they had Sophocles for poetry. They had Homer, the Iliad, and the Odyssey for arts and painting and sculptures. They were the front of the class for science and mathematics. You remember this, Pythagoras. Pythagorean theorem? Anybody? I hated it too. Some of you loved it, but you're just a little shy. There's never been any culture before it that was like it. But yet, the Macedonian man still stood, and the Macedonian call still came. The whole Greek world was represented by that one man who said, Come to Macedonia and help us. 
In the natural, everybody would have said, they don't need our help. How could we possibly help them? They, they've reached the pinnacle of their society. They had everything that their world wanted. They had one of the, the seven wonders of the world. We know them as the religious shrines. They were, uh, the, there was Athens and there was the Acropolis. There was the Greek world that had this architecture. It was religiously motivated. It was, it was splendid. It was powerful. It was incredible. The whole world talked about it, and it all referenced their religious purposes and plans. But their religion was empty because it didn't have apostolic power and authority. It was Paul on Mars Hill. He reminds us in the Areopagus, he said, Men of Athens, I see that you are in all things very superstitious. He, you know, that, that, that's a King James word that might throw off the meaning just a little bit. What Paul was, uh, what he was saying was that <laughs> you're, you're very superstitious, but you're very reverent. You have a sense and a desire to do things right and in order. You want to serve the God that you know to the best of your ability. You're very, very reverent. You're very, very religious, but religion can't take the thirst out of your life. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Religion can only take us so far. Can I remind us today that our world is looking to religion and religion can't satisfy the thirsting in their soul. It mirrors our society today in so many ways because we can have it all together in the natural and be so empty in the supernatural. There was no ancient Greek that ever made a decision without first consulting the oracle at Delphi. They had religion down pat. Atheism is just a modern mentality. Everybody served somebody in that day. But Paul said to the, those at, in Athens, he said, in all things I see that you are very, very religious. You're very pious, you're very intentional, but you're worshiping a God that you don't know. Let me tell you about the unknown God. The unknown God is a phrase we read in Acts, but it needs to echo in our minds for a moment this morning. It needs to remind us that there are many in our world who worship an unknown God. There are people in our world today that they may have an idea, they may have, uh, we, we reference it, or they may understand a name, or they've heard of it before, but, but religion has sent them in the wrong direction. And the responsibility that we have as an apostolic church is the same responsibility that Paul and Timothy had, and that was to preach apostolic doctrine and have apostolic revival in places that had yet to see it. There still is a call that comes today. Help. A call for, a plea for help, a cry for help, because our world is a world that desperately needs help this morning. I don't know if you've ever heard a, a real cry for help. If you've ever responded to a, limit, a legitimate cry for help. I, I remember uh, a few years ago, Kathy, you can come back to the music. I'm getting ready to close. But <clears throat> I remember a few years ago, it was, it was more than 20 years ago because we were still in St. John. But I remember that we had had choir practice. We had choir practice on Friday nights. And there at the church in St. John, it's Mark Drive. It's just up the hill. I used to tell people the back door of Sears and the 
in the, the shopping malls where you can find us while Sears isn't there anymore. But there used to be a butternut bread was there and they had a little depot and the trucks could back in and the trailers would be full with bread and then delivered to the, our province. And this one night we were just finishing uh, our choir practice and some of the members of the church family had left and there was one girl, she walked, she lived close by so she was walking home and, and all of a sudden she burst back through the doors and she said, there's someone that's being attacked over the hill. I remember that night there was, you know, there was just kind of this fear that gripped us and this purpose that attached itself to us. And, and there was, uh, at that time, we were younger and stronger and faster. And to our benefit, there was, I think there was close to, Pastor, you kind of kicked choir off there. We had, we had must have had 30 people in the choir, didn't we? More than 30? We had more than 30, and there was at least 10 guys, 10 young strapping guys that looked like Matt Richard. And I remember we, we left the church and we ran and we could hear this cry for help. And uh, we come to the peak of the hill and we looked over and this, this guy had this girl on the ground and he was punching her and he had already broken her arm and she was bleeding. And Well, you know, that righteous indignation kind of rose up and, and, and it had to be that girl's best day and that guy's worst nightmare. When he looked up, and there was 10 guys running. With white leather jackets and red crosses. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We didn't have white leather jackets. We did have beautiful flowing choir robes. But that was a legitimate cry for help. But I'll, I'll never forget the, the opportunity that we had to respond. I won't leave you hanging. Like We left that. We pinned that guy to the ground so hard. And that girl stood. And some of our ladies helped her. And Pastor Goddard, he was there. <laughs> he was driving a white Jetta. TDI. Turbo diesel. <laughs> and he kind of peeled into the parking lot. And he said, hold him right there, guys. Oh, it was just like, I don't know, something out of a Christian TV show. <laughs> but I'll never forget that cry for help and the response. Not, not even temporarily put off. Why? Because we heard the cry for help. We couldn't bypass it. We couldn't ignore it. Everybody was involved. Everybody was engaged. Nobody was sitting back. Everybody was wondering what's going to happen now. How, how do the police came and the guy left in the cruiser and the girl, we helped her. And, and, and you know, I don't know how the, the end of the story ended up. I, I don't know that, but I, I do know that in that moment, we responded to a cry for help. If, if we could only hear in the supernatural the cry that's there, it would be that clear. It would be that loud. It would compel us that way. The way that Paul woke up in the middle of the night, he shook Timothy, and immediately he responded. Why? Because you couldn't ignore that cry for help. We can't ignore the cry for help today, CCC. We can't ignore a world that is saying, help me help us help us today
Our world has it all together in the natural. They've got money. They've got popularity. They've got power. They've got authority. They've got governments that rule and governments that reign. But it's time, like never before, for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for the church to speak out loud and declare the promise of God because our world needs our help and the church has the help that our world needs. It needs an apostolic powerful present move of God we need revival we need a flow of the Holy Ghost we need the Spirit of God to move from the left to the right from the front to the back we need everybody responding to the cry for help it's services like this where we respond I'm not trying to one-up. I hope that you haven't filled this in yet, but I'm praying, God, would you ordain? Lord, would you lead? God, would you guide us today? We hear the call. We hear the cry. We hear the Macedonian call this morning. I hear it clearly. Help us today. It's a cry. We're not just, this is a picture of what God wants to do. This is just one nation of many. This is just one, one opportunity of thousands upon thousands. This is just one church, a part of God's great, big, beautiful plan for revival in end times. We are part of it. That's just a picture of it, but I want to do my part today. I want to respond the way that God has desired for us to respond. I feel the call today. I feel the call to come. I feel the call to go. God always calls us to come but he never leaves us without challenging us to go oratory won't do it eloquence won't accomplish it but an apostolic powerful move of God can change our world it can change our church it can change our city it can change our future that's what we need this morning if you'd stand together with me. Would someone just respond to the Holy Ghost for a moment? God, your call's in this room this morning. We hear it. God, you allow us. God, you allow us those visions, those moments where you sweep in and speak. And we can't ignore it. You're here this morning, God. You're here this morning. We're excited. We're excited about seeing the sanctuary completed. We're excited about everything that's going to be in there. But I reminded our first session this morning, I reminded them that this didn't start in beautiful facilities and edifices. It didn't start with wonders of architectural magnificence that's not where it started it started when people pulled a brush arbor together and threw some sawdust on the floors and had some old wooden benches that didn't feel very good when we sat down but that's where this started this started in places like that it started in open air services where we didn't have a roof over us and we didn't have ac that ran and heat that ran we we, we started we started but we started with the power of god we started with apostolic authority now I'm saying, we're not saying it's either or. I'm thanking God that we can do yes and. We can have what we've give, been given now and I'm excited about it. But we need to couple that with an apostolic move of God. We need the call of God to come clearly. We need the call of humanity to ring in our ears. We need to know that God is at work, not 
not only in our world, but in us. That's what we need to know in this end time. Our world doesn't need popular. They've already got it. They don't need production. They've already got it. Our world doesn't need religion like Mars Hill. They've got it in spades, shades, and colors. They don't need it. Our world doesn't need a form of godliness. Our world needs a church connected to the power of God so that when Paul and Timothy shows up, revival breaks out. I don't read anywhere. I don't read Philip of Macedon one time in scripture. All I hear about is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Because that's what Paul knew that that church and that world needed. But the need, let us bring us all back to center for a moment today. The need will never be realized if we don't do our part. We may not all be able to go. But I thank God that we've got men and women that are willing to lay their lives down and go into a nation and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you better be sure that if we can't go, then we're going to support the ones that can. I want to do my part this morning. And our prayer, CCC, you've never not responded. Our prayer is that you respond today. Pastor threw the number out this morning. He said, I'm praying that God will help us reach $15,000 for that need. And, And many of you know how we do that, you know the number that you need to to take part in, just God continually uses you. So we're going to pray for a moment that God would challenge us for for that need this morning. But alongside with that physical need, I wonder if someone would just pray along with me that God would pour His Spirit out in an unprecedented way that this end time world would see a church on fire. Would anybody pray that prayer with me for a moment? Why don't we just pray one prayer before the other, would you? Because we need that power of God to move before we allow God's hand to move for a moment. Jesus, we need you this morning. God, I felt that connection that comes in the supernatural, and I felt the connection that happens among your people today. I thank you, God, for challenging us. I thank you for working with us this morning. Lord, we're doing our part. I thank you for people that sacrifice and give and God sense the challenge and hear the call for help today. But God, we're praying beyond that because if we can be that church you need in this day that are led by your spirit, that are moved by your power and your authority, God, then your purpose can be realized not only in our lives, in our children's lives like this dedication this morning, but in the future that you have for us in the city. Call Fredericton today. God, I pray, pour your spirit out. I pray, let us come across the hearts that are hungry. God, let us find the Macedonian man right under our nose today. Let us hear that cry so clearly. God, I'm praying that every person will do their part in responding. God, from the youth to the elderly God from those that are most seasoned among us to the brand new saints I pray God would you let your spirit rest on them motivate us move us challenge and change us lead us and direct us we pray this morning in your name in Jesus name we'll ask these things I wonder if you take a moment just grab that paper You can do it privately, but if you take a moment and fill that out, we're going to ask that you pass this in at the end. If you take that, if you don't have a pen, just flag an usher, they'll get you a pen. But I'm wondering if you can hear the cry for help this morning. Our world 
is so messed up. Our world is so messed up. We have a culture that's literally imploding on itself. Hatred is the, the word of the day. It's, it's just, but I, I just remind you, a godless world is a loveless world because if God is love, then how can a world have the love of God if they pull God out? That's why we need to be the church today. It's our privilege. It's our honor. God trusted us with this generation to accomplish his purpose this morning. Lord, I pray that you would let your spirit rest. God, on this portion of our church family this morning, God, those that are in overflow today, I, I pray that you're covering your commission would rest on them because God you never called us to yourself without commissioning us to your purpose this morning that commission's resting in this room it's resting on hearts it's resting on families and God as a church conglomerate you're resting on us today God speak through us this morning use our limited resources to accomplish your unlimited task we pray multiply God would you generate something powerful with our limited input we pray I thank you for this privilege I thank you for this honor and for that we'll give you all the praise you and you alone are worthy would someone say in Jesus name it was Jesus that told them he said Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. That sounds like in a very, that sounds like a very Episcopal way to end service. But if there's been a challenge that's been given in the Holy Ghost today, it doesn't end in this room. The call to come is here, but the commission to go goes with us when we leave today. And so we're sending you into a world that desperately needs you. But as Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What a privilege to be a part of this end time work that God's doing. Would someone just agree with me for a moment? It's all right. Why don't we just clap hands to the Lord if you know that God's calls on your life today.